What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Today, Matt and I are taking kind of a different look at the first round of the NFL draft by going over gambling odds using DraftKings Sportsbook. We are about two weeks out from the draft, so it's a little bit early to do it. But when going further out from the draft, you get a little bit more value in some of these picks. You can kind of jump on some of the trains that you think are leaving the station before they do. And we'll talk about that a little bit on the podcast. But before we jump into talking about all this gambling, I do just want to say that we take gambling addiction very seriously. Uh, it is a major problem. And if you feel like you need help with gambling addiction, you can call the National Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-522-4700. So <clears throat> I hope you guys enjoy this episode. You know, we're, we're joking around about gambling a lot, but like I said, it's a very serious issue. And if you feel like you need help, there's lots of help out there for you. Please go get that help. All right, let's go. Matt is here to record a podcast that I'm probably going to regret in two weeks. This is the idea we had for the podcast this year, since this is the first NFL draft where gambling has been legal in Michigan, like just pure gambling on a, on an app. We're taking yeah. a look at the DraftKings sports app and we're going to place bets live here on the podcast. Like this gives a whole new meaning to live betting. I have nothing to lose because it's your money. You also have nothing to gain. Uh, enjoyment. <laughs> That's true. We'll see how many gains there. This is like a it's a win win scenario for Matt. But it is like it's a very different way to look at the first round because our first two NFL draft podcasts we did we talked about who our favorite prospects were. Then we talked about how we would answer the big questions of the draft. Mm-hmm. But when you're gambling on the draft, really what you're trying to do is get inside the minds of the teams and try to figure out what they would do. Yeah, which, mind you, is an absolutely asinine idea to try to do because no one understands what these teams are doing. <laughs> no, it's it's kind of a crazy idea, but also you can make a lot of money in the NFL draft gambling market because it's a soft market and there's... Yeah really high odds on things that Vegas doesn't even really understand. No, you know, cause Vegas isn't in the minds of these guys either. So they set out odds based on the news that they hear too. And like, you know, so some of their odds might be based on yeah. smoke screens and things that they may not fully know. Yeah. I, I would argue that they probably have better information than you and I. Um, they probably have better insiders, better contacts, but You've got to keep in mind that those contacts at on those teams don't necessarily have full information as well. A lot of times teams go into draft day without a lot of people in the room knowing what the pick is going to be. Yeah, and there's shocking picks every year too. Like you remember back, it wasn't even that long ago, like Damon Arnett in the first round, uh, Christian Wilkins in the top five, like, I would have liked to have seen what the odds on those things were before they even happened. I think you're thinking of Cleveland Farrell. Yeah. Would, okay. Yeah. Cleveland Farrell. That's who I meant in the top yeah, five. Sure, yeah. But yeah, that was like 
the most jaw dropping pick I've seen in a while because people were talking about him going like in the twenties. Yeah, so like there's picks like that. Things happen where you remember like a couple of years ago, Laramie Tunsil, a video of him smoking weed in a gas mask came out right yep. before the draft started, and his yeah. draft stock like plummeted right there. So I mean, yeah. anybody that had the over on his draft pick was cashing in. So it's really good. <laughs> and now he's great. Yeah. Vegas probably does know better than us, but it's not like other sporting events where Vegas is like really good and like really on the money with these things. I think there is a little bit more of a gambler's edge, but you do have to keep in mind anytime you're gambling that the house always has the edge. Yeah. So I wouldn't count on winning too much, but I I think it's an interesting way to analyze the first round. And so I thought we would go through what some of our favorite bets are and kind of how the odds kind of are shaping the first round and maybe like the early second round of the draft. Cause some of these guys are going to be kind of swing guys that are going to swing these bets for us. So my first set of bets, and this is something that I've already placed because I just love the odds so much last week that I had to jump in while I still could. And my instincts were right on this one because the odds are already dropping. I talked last week on the podcast about how I was not sure that Aiden Hutchinson was going to be guaranteed number one overall pick. Like I did not think this was locked in. Like we've had it locked in in years past. And I gave a couple names of guys that I thought they could pick instead. Uh, Thibodeau, Walker, Hamilton, like a couple more athletic guys, some guys that might be a little bit more exciting and sell some more tickets. So like literally right after I said that on the podcast last week, reports started coming out that Trent Baalke and the Jaguars are looking at, Trevon Walker as the first pick. Another report came out saying that Doug Peterson is trying to convince the front office to go offense. Uh, Basically just multiple reports suggesting that it may not be Aiden Hutchinson. So I, I think I mentioned this last week. I definitely mentioned it on one of our TikTok videos. My favorite bet of the draft so far was that you could bet on Aiden Hutchinson going over or under pick Mm 1.5 and the over of 1.5 was plus 225. So no matter who they pick, as long as it's not Aiden Hutchinson, you win. Yeah. So that's the first bet we placed is Aiden Hutchinson over 1.5. And that the odds on that have already dropped from plus 225 to plus 175 in about three days. So we're, we're already seeing things changing based on some of this information. To go along with that, though, Trevon Walker was plus 300 to be the first overall pick. So if you believe the reports, which is a dangerous game this time of year, the report says basically that bulky is over 50% chance that Trevon Walker is going to be the first overall pick. So we grab that at plus 300. And then if Hutchinson is not picked first overall, I would bet my house, my car, my dog, my soul on the fact that the Detroit Lions would take Aiden Hutchinson at two. So we grabbed Trevon Walker plus 300 for the first overall pick. And then Aiden Hutchinson plus 250 to go second overall. Am I buying too much into the smoke screens here about Trevon Walker? Like is Aiden Hutchinson just going to go first and tank all these bets? Probably just because that's how Vegas works. I mean, my inclination is that Jacksonville is going to go offensive tackle. I have a hard time seeing Doug Peterson not screaming at the top of his lungs to protect Trevor Lawrence. 
Because if they don't protect Trevor Lawrence, then Doug Peterson is out of a job again because he's not a good football coach. But we won't get into that. From what I have heard from people who have sources with the the Detroit Lions organization, that if Aiden Hutchinson is there, they are running to the podium. I have not heard one beat reporter ensue anything else with regards to Aiden Hutchinson. Hold on. Uh, Before we keep going, did you just quote anonymous sources close to an NFL team on the podcast? No. (laughs) This is a landmark moment for fouled out. Anonymous sources close to the Detroit Lions are telling Matt that the Lions will run to the podium for Aiden Hutchinson. Anonymous sources who write articles on a daily basis. <laughs> to, to clarify before I sound like I'm getting all hoity-toity, I was saying that the writers that I follow who do have sources with the organization, that is what they are saying. I was so excited for a minute. I But yeah, I agree with all of them, even... Well, I am the source, so... I, Matt is my source for all things Lions. This is true. We talked about it last week. I mean, the Lion, if the Lions had the first overall pick, I would bet my entire DraftKings account on the Lions taking Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. You know, like we said, his strengths are not, not that these are not strengths, but like his main strengths are more like, oh, culture and he's a gym rat and he's this and that. All the things that guys like Motor City Dan Campbell prioritize in a player. I just, the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars is just that not that they prioritize that kind of guy. And they want someone who's like an athletic marvel, like Trevon Walker, or they want to build around Trevor Lawrence with, uh, you know, an offensive lineman, like you said. I just. that That's not a terrible idea. If they go offensive tackle, I'm not going to say that they made a bad team building decision if that guy hands out, then it was probably the best decision they could have made because you go nowhere if Trevor Lawrence doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And I want to ask you a question in a sec, but before I get there, I just want to say, be really careful about what smoke screens you buy into. If you're gambling on the NFL draft, the reason that I buy into this news is because I already thought that Hutchinson was not going to be the first overall pick. Like we, we talked about it on this podcast last week before any of these reports came out. And then I was not surprised to see these reports coming out. And that's why I was like, oh shit, the reports are coming out. I got to place these bets now because the odds are going to drop by the time we do the podcast. And they have, uh, you know, just to support that Trevon Walker is down to plus 220 to be the first overall pick. I bet that at plus 300. So you could still get some value by making this pick right now at plus 220. That's not bad. You got to triple your money and get a little bit more back. Uh, and then, you know, Aiden Hutchinson over 1.5 is still in the plus money. And then uh, also going to the Lions is plus money. But I guarantee that's the Lions pick. The yeah. question I wanted to ask you, if Jacksonville does go offensive tackle, do you think they go for like a higher upside guy like Iki Aquanu or someone more solid like Evan Neal, like someone who's going to be solid next year? I mean, I would argue that between the two of them, I don't really think you can go wrong. But I would expect them to go with Evan Neal if they go offensive tackle. And that's not a shot at 
Aquanu. I mean, I made it pretty clear how much I like his game and his potential. And like, ironically, he could he could be like an all pro guard. He could be like uh, Quentin Nelson at guard. Like he could be that caliber of guard. While, and while like, yeah, you don't want to draft a guard number one overall, but if he's not killing it at tackle, you still have an option to put him somewhere where he will excel. Well, the reason that they a lot of people are thinking that Jacksonville won't go offensive line is because they just re-signed Cam Robinson. Yeah. Or tagged him. It's one of those things where you could have Cam Robinson be your left tackle and still have Icky Aquanhu at guard. And then maybe he moves out to tackle when Cam Robinson leaves, or maybe, you know, having a lot of good, young, flexible yeah. offensive linemen is like one of the best things you can have in the NFL, in my opinion. The Lions went with Panay Sewell last year when they have arguably a top five left tackle in the NFL, and they had Vitae, a very serviceable starting right tackle in the NFL. Sometimes when the talent is just there and you have a chance to upgrade the offensive line unit as a whole, you just pull the trigger. Yeah, so I could see them going there too. I If I was going to pick an offensive lineman they would pick, I'd probably go Evan Neal as well. I, it's just something with the Jacksonville thing. I think that Evan Neal coming out of Alabama has a little bit more cachet for them than Iquanu out of North Carolina State or even like a Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. From a publicity standpoint, it's a safer pick too. Um, I mean, Evan Neal has been being talked about since last offseason as like the guy. And like rightfully so, he's fantastic. But I feel like if he doesn't play out, there is less blowback from making that pick because of the narrative that surrounded him for that entire time. Yeah, I agree with that. So if you think Evan Neal is a solid choice, he's plus 1,400 on DraftKings right now to go first overall. Uh, Iki Aquanu is plus 1,200. We're sticking with the Trayvon Walker pick for now. I, I buy that. He's... Not He wasn't super productive in college, but I do buy that he is an athletic freak and he's coming from a Georgia team that just had one of the best defenses we've ever seen and won the national yeah. championship. So like you're selling that to your fans in Jacksonville, Florida, which is not far away from Athens, Georgia, where the Bulldogs play. I mean, we recently talked about, uh, you know, how Derwin James can kind of do whatever you need on your defense. Well, not the only reason, but part of the reason why uh, Walker didn't have a whole lot of production on defense was because that's what he was for their defense. They moved him everywhere on that front seven. He played at, like standing up edge rusher. He played hand in the dirt defensive end, he played defensive tackle. He played linebacker. Like they moved him everywhere. And at his pro day, when they had him working out as a linebacker, the way he was moving, you would never have assumed that he, you know, was primarily a defensive lineman. The level of athlete that he is and how sound and functional he is as a, as a player already, like he's not going to hurt you at any point when he's out on the field. He still also has that upside if you can – you know, add that pass rush element to him. Agreed. I think he can be a very good 
player. And I think that's what they'll try to sell to their fan base if they do pick him. There's there's an element of like Jadavian clowning to him. Like and I and I really actually hope that he does develop more pass rush than Clowney ever ended up having. The game that Jadavian Clowney has, like I will take that on my team any day of the week and twice on Sundays. He's a very good player just without the sacks. Fantastic player. Yeah, and if, I would just say my advice, if you think that this is just a smokescreen, like if you're a Jacksonville fan and you're like, these guys are idiots, it's going to be Hutchinson. I would wait until closer to the draft because I think next week the buzz is just going to get louder and louder that it may not be Hutchinson. The louder that buzz gets and the more reports start coming out about like, oh, it could be Walker, it could be Neil, it could be Iki Aquanu. The odds on Hutchinson are going to go from negative 225 closer to plus 100, which is where you get in the plus money. So like you could maybe get Hutchinson at minus 125 instead of betting it at minus 225 right now. I, I see very, very little value in betting on Hutchinson being the first overall pick right now, but the value could get better before uh, a week from Thursday. You know, we're, we're about two weeks out right now. So I would keep an eye on that. If you think that Hutchinson is going to be the guy. Yeah, there's, there's no benefit placing that that right now because if they are taking Hutchinson, it benefits the Jaguars in no way to make that known right now. Yep, absolutely. Uh, do you think there's any chance that the Jags trade out of that pick? It's possible. Um, like, even if it's just like the Lions being like, we really want Hutchinson, so we'll give you two and like a fourth. Or something like that. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but like, could you I see mean, maybe even just like a small trade? Honestly, if I were them and I'm moving out of that one spot, I want it to be like some like the, the Jets, who've got two really high picks, or the Giants, <laughs> same thing. Yeah, I just think the tough thing for the Jags with trading out is that there isn't like when you see those big trades in the top ten, it's typically to go get a quarterback. Yeah. And besides the fact that there is no quarterback that's worth the number one overall pick in this draft, the teams that you're talking about, like, I don't think like, obviously the jets aren't trading up to get a quarterback. They just drafted Zach Wilson, uh, the giants. I mean, maybe, but they seem like they're good to go with Daniel Jones for one more year and then see what they got. So I think it's going to be tough for them to trade out. So that's why I was thinking maybe something smaller, like maybe Houston moves up a little bit. Maybe they want to jump the lions and grab Hutchinson or something like that. So something to keep an eye on uh, the second bet that caught my eye. So th- those are the three that we've placed so far. Uh, Trayvon Walker to go first overall, Aiden Hutchinson to go second, and then Aiden Hutchinson over pick 1.5. Now we're going to place the rest of these bets live on the podcast. The second prop that caught my eye is how many corners are going to go in the first round. Currently it is over under 4.5 corners. And the reason that this caught my eye is because I think that we're guaranteed to have at least three first round corners. And I think that they're going to be in the top 20, like three guys in the top 20. And that is uh, sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. Derek Stingley jr. And Trent McDuffie. I think we're pretty much locked into having those three corners go. Yeah. So if we go with the over, which is plus plus one twenty right now, 
We need two of the following guys to jump up into the first round. Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, Kyrie Lam, Jalen Petrie, Daxton Hill, or my personal favorite, a guy I think could jump in, uh, Tariq Woolen. So DraftKings has Daxton Hill and Jalen Petrie both as corners. And I think that one or both of those guys could jump in. And then you also have Booth, Gordon, and Elam who are getting first-round grades in different outlets. Andrew Booth Jr., the corner from Clemson, is minus 175 to go in the top 32. Daxton Hill is minus 135 to go in the top 32. So those are two guys with pretty solid negative odds to go in the top 32 as well. So that's five guys right there. Yeah, well, and I would say, like, I have a kind of have a little bit of a hard time seeing you. I'm not going in the first round. Yeah, the latest info that we have on corners, uh, I'm looking at a really good Reddit post by user Hawkfan907. Posted this on the NFL draft sub today. It's basically he combined all of the feedback that we have from different reporters right now going into the weekend. Uh, Elam says has a range from the late first to the early third, but uh, Kyler Gordon also seen as like cornerback four right now. And then uh, some people saying that Elam has jumped booth and is going to be a surefire late first round pick. So there's a lot yeah. of buzz that some of these guys are going to be like, maybe we see six corners go maybe seven corners. Uh, well, if you're counting like a Daxton Hill or a Jalen Petrie. Yeah. If, if you're counting Dax Hill, like Dax Hill is guaranteed to be a first round pick at this point from the reports that I have read. Like I was hoping to get him at 32 for the lions. And I mean, I, some of the stuff that I've been reading, it's he could start being considered around like 15. So we only need like two of those swing guys to go with our three guaranteed first round corners. So I'm comfortable saying that we're going to be over 4.5 corners. I think we could hit as high oh, as yeah. seven. All right. So we're locking that in right now over 4.5 corners at plus 120. The other specific corner bet that I wanted to talk to you about right now, Sauce Gardner is projected as the first corner off the board at negative 400. Not a whole lot of value betting on him to be the first corner at negative 400. But his over-under pick number is 7.5. Over 7.5 is negative 135, and under 7.5 is plus 105. I think that he's going to be the first corner. Like The odds of negative 400 obviously lean heavily towards him being the first corner. Uh, yeah. There was a report that came out recently that basically said that sauce is everything that NFL scouts look for in a corner, but I'm really, the 7.5 numbers got me all twisted up because if it was 8.5 and I could include the Falcons in there, then I would lock it in right now. I'm just a little bit nervous because although the jets have two picks in the first round, I don't know if they spend four on a corner. The Giants have two picks in there, but I don't know if they spend one on a corner. So you're going to have Jacksonville and Detroit are probably both going edge. Mm -hmm. Houston's kind of a wild card. They could go anywhere. You got two picks by the Giants, one by the Jets, and one by the Panthers. And I don't think the Panthers are going corner because they just drafted one last year. The 7.5 numbers got me a little 
little bit twisted because I could see him being a top 10 pick, but I could see it being the Falcons or the Seahawks that ends up taking him. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough spot. And like, I think sauce should be the first corner off the board. And I think he probably will be, but let's not also forget the narrative that has surrounded Stingley for a long time too. And the fact that he is as big as he is and he's as fast as he is. And more importantly, he is as fluid as you would expect out of a guy who's like 5'10". I could see a team falling in love with him too and going with him ahead of him, (laughs) which could potentially push him past that seven and a half. Yeah. And well, I mean, if you like Derek Stingley as the first corner, he's plus 275 right now to be the first corner. Yeah. The board, and I, so. Like, I'm not saying it's what I think is going to happen. I'm just acknowledging that it is a possibility because we, they're both very, very good prospects. It is. It's a possibility for sure. The report I read uh, the other day was basically that a lot of NFL front offices are frustrated with Stingley right now because of like lapses in concentration and kind of. Uh, some off field stuff, but it only takes one team. Like it only takes Houston being like, well, we like Derek Stingley. Yeah. Exactly. Go grab him. So like at the end of the day, like, yeah, you can be as frustrated as hell about like concentration lapses and shit like that. But then you see that play that he makes that you don't understand how he even did it, but he did. And you're like, okay, well, you know what? I can live with that. <laughs> yeah. That, the other kind of key here is that, like I said, the Giants have two of the top eight picks. So in order to, if you do the under, he has to go before eight. Yeah. Wink Martindale is the new defensive coordinator for the Giants. One thing that he has really liked to have throughout his tenure as a defensive coordinator is a lockdown corner. Yeah. And while defensive secondary is not the biggest need, for the giants in this draft. Yeah. If you just spent all this money getting this high profile defensive coordinator and he's pounding the table for a high profile corner and you have two picks, you have two top eight picks. I, I could see them doing it. Yeah. I could see that the jets could do it with Robert Salah and the history of the jets having good corners out there. I just, I don't know that I feel confident enough one way or the other to actually make a bet on this over under 7.5 number. It's a tough spot. <laughs> Are we in agreement that that's why they do this though. That's why Vegas is so good at what they do. Cause they put it in like the perfect spot to mess with you. Yeah. Cause if it was 8.5, I'd be like, oh, okay, there's no way he gets past the Falcons. Right. So no. boom. But it's like right in that area where it makes me feel uncomfortable because like the jets could go offensive line. The giants could go offensive and defensive line like it there's no guarantees here so i i think you agree that we lay off that for now yeah now watch the giants like take both of them (laughs) (laughs) they take but they do stingly first and then they do sauce (laughs) just to screw with everyone do it wink you madman (laughs) (laughs) uh the next one that i kind of like is total defensive players to go in the first round over under 15 and a half. So we would need at least 16 defensive players. I like the over. The over is minus 125 right now. It's a really good class of edge guys. 
Mm-hmm. We have uh, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Walker, and Jermaine Johnson are probably all going to be first-round picks. We know yeah. that Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, is going to go somewhere in the first round. We know Jordan Davis, the interior defensive lineman from Georgia, is going to go in the first round somewhere. So if you take all of those guys, I'm already at 11. Right. Including the, including the corners that we talked about who are guaranteed to go in the first round. I'm already at 11. Yeah. So that leaves uh, Karloftis, the edge from Purdue. Yeah. Vontae Wyatt, the other interior defensive lineman from the Bulldogs. Do you think those guys are both first round picks? I I would say so. I mean, I would have a hard time seeing Karloftis uh, especially fall out. Yeah, Devontae Wyatt could be on the borderline, but, you know, interior defensive lineman for Georgia, I, I could see him going. Yeah. There's going to be one or two linebackers that go at the very least. Yeah, so even before we get to linebackers, I'm now down to – I need three more, and I still have uh, – if we think, like we said, that more corners and safeties – are going to jump up in there, you know, Booth, Elam, uh, some of the other guys we talked about in the corner section, uh, Devin Lloyd, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker are all out there. And then kind of the other thing hanging over this is does a second safety go? Does uh, Jaquan yeah. Brisker jump up into the first round? Yeah. I mean, uh, Lewis seen too, uh, was very real possibility. I mean, people like ball Hawks, <laughs> People do like ball hogs. <laughs> uh, we also have Boy Mafee, who we haven't talked about a lot. The edge from Minnesota. Yeah. He's minus 130 to go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a couple guys who are like just kind of on the outside looking in. You got Roger McCreary. We talked about Kyler Gordon. Uh, David Ojabo. He was a guaranteed first round pick until he tore his ACL in his pro day. Yeah. Does someone who's drafting late in the first round, do they – take a stab at Ojabo still and say, you know, we think he can come back. Um, like I said, Tariq Woolen could jump in there DeMarvin Leal, who we haven't talked about a ton. I, I think there's just so many swing guys. I've convinced myself I'm down to like between three and five swing guys that I need to go in the first round. And with the lack of elite level quarterbacks, I, I think that we'll get all those guys in there. Yeah. And um, in particular, an emphasis on getting, that fifth year of control on cornerbacks and edges, especially in those like last few picks of the first round, those there's usually a focus on those two positions there could very well play out differently this year uh, because obviously wide receiver has gotten very expensive lately. And so getting a fifth year out of a guy that you really believe in is also very valuable. I think it's also very valuable to have someone who can stop those guys too. So I'll tell you, even if you have six receivers, seven offensive linemen and three quarterbacks go, that's still 16 defensive players. Yeah. So I I think I like the over 15 and a half defensive players uh, more than the offensive totals. The offense is, over 16 and a half. So you need 17 offensive players, which is more than half of the first round. So I I like the defensive side. So we're going to lock that in over 15 and a half defensive players at negative 125. The next one that I have is big 10 players selected in the first round over or under 6.5. So 
you know, we just said, we know for sure Hutchinson, Wilson, Olave, and Karloftis are going in the first round. That's four. Probably who? Yep. So you need three, you need three of the following guys to hit. Uh, Daxton Hill, Linderbaum, the center from Iowa, Jahan Dotson, Boy Mafee, David Ojabo is up there. And that's kind of it, unless you think that there's going to be, I mean, Jaquan Brisker is right yeah, on the Brisker. edge there. Yes. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker, if you think that someone's going to go really crazy and like add a running back in the first round, even though I think everybody pretty much agrees that Brees Hall is the runaway first running back who's going to go off the board. So yeah, you got another, you need three guys and you got about, you know, five, six, seven guys who could be first round picks. The only thing that makes me nervous is that the reports recently are that teams don't value Linderbaum as a first round pick anymore. Uh, there's some concerns about his strength. And then the fact that he plays center, he may fall into day two. Jahan Dotson, do we think, is he going to be the six receiver taken? Like, is he going to go over guys like Christian Watson and Sky Moore? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think we know that Daxton Hill is going to go in the first round. I think Boy Mafee is a good shot at the first round, but I still need another guy. And that's where I start getting, I don't know. So I'm kind of eyeing the under there because I think we could hit six, but I don't know that we get to seven. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think if you are confident in six going and you can see a path to like three or four others and you just need one, I think you take that chance. You know, like, I mean, we're gambling. We know there's risk involved. (laughs) I know. We we already went through my most confident picks. Now we're just kind of trying to figure this out live. It's like, do we do it? Do we not do it? Yeah. Uh, so so uh, you think you think over for the Big Ten? I I would take the over on that. Okay, I think the under. So I think maybe that's another one that we just kind of keep our eyes on and see if the odds shift. It is uh, over 6.5 is negative 120 right now. Under 6.5 is negative 110. So it's like, yeah almost even odds, which is why this is so tight. Uh, the other one, the sec over under 10 and a half players. I want to go under just because like, that's a third of the first round. That's like over a third of the first round, 11 of 32 guys, but it's the sec. Right. That, I mean, that doesn't sound crazy for the sec. I know. I mean, there's going to be, Okay, Evan Neal for sure. Definitely Jameson. Yeah, so here, these are the top SEC guys by odds on DraftKings. You have Trevon Walker, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Jordan Davis, Derek Stingley Jr., Jameson Williams, Braylon Burks, Nicobe Dean, Devontae Wyatt. I'm at nine. And then you get into guys like, so your swing guys here is like Lewis seen the safety from Georgia. So like, do we think a safety goes, uh, Matt Corral, who, yeah, this is kind of the thing that makes this draft so interesting. and so kind of hard to bet on is like the quarterbacks are the swing guys in this draft. So it's like, ah, yeah, if you yeah. like a quarterback, I see them going in the first round. So you get that fifth year of control, but I don't like, do teams have first round grades on Matt Corral? Or do they have first round yeah. grades on Desmond Ritter? And now my SEC bet is screwed because Matt Corral is left out of the first round. <laughs> That's tough. Like, does someone like 
you know, Sam Howell has the same odds as Matt Corral to go in the top 32 right now. Yeah. It's just a matter of who does the team like more. There's not right. like a, you know, there's not a Mac Jones who is like, okay, yeah, that guy's going first over or no, he's going to be top 15. We know he's going, you know, there's yeah. not, there's not guys like that at the quarterback position. There could be zero quarterbacks taken in the first round of this draft. Yeah. It's doubtful, you know, but it could happen. It's funny because like, I feel like last year's quarterback draft is actually like more strange than this year's is but because we're we continue to reference last year's like this year it seems in, like ultra strange but like we've seen numerous drafts where it was like oh God, like there's no one who's like standing out was like clearly like gonna be like you know the andrew luck but like there's still guys who are like but they could and I think we, most drafts drafts like that. <laughs> I think most drafts it is like there's like two or three quarterbacks who are going to be first round guys. It's just that like one or two of them is all the way at the top of the board. And then yeah. it's like, oh yeah, this other guy might go 23rd. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers was like 22nd overall pick. There's yeah. other guys who have been late twenties, stuff like that. It's just that this is like, okay, yeah, there are five guys who all could be first round picks. It's just that we know that not all five of them will be. It's just trying to pick like which five it's going to be. Yeah. And that's tough. So uh, I think I hate to do this because we're going to play so many bets on the pod, but I think we leave the SEC one for now too. Cause I just, I'm so borderline with the quarterbacks in this draft. Like if I knew Matt Corral was going to go in the first, I'd be like, let's hit the over. Well, we probably want to see better odds on that too. So for sure. Let's jump into the positions. We'll look at first of each position to be selected. Uh, so starting with quarterbacks, Malik Willis is the favorite at negative 175. You got Kenny Pickett at plus 130, Desmond Ritter at plus 1,200, Matt Corral at plus 1,600. Uh, are there any quarterbacks that kind of stick out to you as like the guy you think is going to be the first one? I mean, I still think, still think Malik Willis ends up being the first one off the board. He's the primary quarterback in this draft that has the traits that you would expect a team to fall in love with and have to go get. And there's not like the other quarterback that, you know, has shown me things that like can really get you excited is Carson Strong. And there isn't the same buzz around him. So I can see, you know, teams being, Willing to wait for him. I just don't see the excitement surrounding Kenny Pickett as much as I like him as a player or Matt Corral or Sam Howell. It's just, it's not there. So the latest buzz from Schultz says that Kenny Pickett is a top 10 pick lock, which is kind of weird because the only teams in the top 10 I can see taking a quarterback are the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. But I kind I kind of like Pickett plus one thirty as the first quarterback off the board. Uh, it's a little bit more value. There's not a whole lot of value on betting on Malik Willis at negative one seventy five. No. Yeah, I see Willis going to like the Steelers at twenty. I know you have another team that you think is interested in Willis as well. That could be interesting. Yeah, yeah I just I can't imagine anyone letting 
him fall all the way to 20. We saw how quickly the Bears jumped on Justin Fields last year when he slid to 11, right? Yeah, right around there. You know, he had his struggles last year, so, like, I think that there's – it's fair to say that, you know, people saw some things that wasn't, you know, just, like, narrative stuff or anything like that. I think it's somewhat similar to Malik Willis where, like, he's just too talented to slide that far. Like, (laughs) I don't think he's getting to 20. So if the Steelers are getting him, they're moving up for him. Which is possible. I could see it. So I say we leave that one for now. Um, One that I think we're definitely going to take is the first receiver off the board. Yeah. Right now you got Garrett Wilson at plus 135, Drake London at plus 150. But our guy, Jamison Williams, the top on both of our boards is plus 300 to be the first receiver taken. The You know, we talked about him last week a little bit. The absolute game-breaking speed, I think, is just too tantalizing. Like, yeah. I know he's coming off the injury, but I could easily see someone like the Jets taking him uh, with one of their top 10 picks, one of their two top 10 picks. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there's other teams up there that are like the Giants. Like, the I don't know. You know, the Giants spent a ton of money on that receiver room, so probably not them. But, like, could Houston shock somebody? You know, I, I like Jameson Williams as the well, first receiver off the board. Look at what Miami just gave up for Tyree Kill and then – how much they paid him. The rest of the NFL has been looking for their Tyreek Hill for a long time. And shit, even a year ago, <laughs> Miami, they uh, they drafted Jalen Waddle last year because of his similarities to Tyreek Hill. Ironically, now they have both of them. I don't have a very hard time seeing some team taking a shot on Jameson simply due to the fact that he is the closest thing to Tyree kill in this draft because of that game breaking speed. And like to his credit, like he's got other qualities that are very good. It's the odds are too good. (laughs) You can't teach speed and he's plus 300. So we're locking that in Jameson Williams first receiver off the board. There's nothing I love in running backs. Brees Hall is minus 250. There's not a ton of value there unless you think someone like Kenneth Walker or even Isaiah Spiller could jump him. But uh, yeah. I think we know at this point that Brees Hall, is, he's the most complete running back in the draft. I think the only question is, does he sneak into the first round or not? But I don't know, you know, with all the teams that are drafting late in the first round, I don't know that one of them is really looking for a running back. Yeah, I mean, especially with some of the positions that are, really strong this year i mean it's obviously another great year for wide receiver it's a great year for edge rushers it's one of the best years for safeties i can remember in my entire lifetime and if you're taking a first round running back which is granted a position that has not been valued as a first round position for a significant amount of time then that means that you are also missing out on first round talent at all these other incredibly valuable uh, positions. Definitely agree. So yeah, I don't like anybody at running back Uh, first offensive line off the board. 
Iki Aquanu is negative 180 as the favorite. Evan Neal plus 150. I would take that. I kind of like Neal. Yeah, we'll take Evan Neal plus 150 yeah. as the first lineman off the board. I think, you know, Aquanu is like the higher ceiling guy. Mm-hmm. But like we said, Evan Neal's more pro ready. I could see the Jags going yeah. Neal. I could see Houston or the Jets going Neal instead of Aquanu. I think Aquanu yeah. is maybe closer to the end of the top 10. Let's jump into one more category I think is interesting. Top 32. So trying to decide. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who like, there's no value here. And like, you know, Kenny Pickett is minus 5,000. Drake London's minus 2,000. Uh, So I'm going to skip down to the guys who have some of the plus odds. One of my personal favorite guys in this entire draft, Sky Moore plus 140. There was a report that came out recently that said the Chiefs love Sky Moore. Uh, Chiefs have two picks near the very end of the first round, I think 29 and 30, if I'm not mistaken. I can see them taking Sky Moore with one of those picks. They, they just lost Hill, you know, and they're trying to replace yeah. him with like the Juju's of the world. Like they, they need a guy going forward. Yeah. And I mean, he kind of, he's not going to replace Tyreek Hill because we have yet to see another Tyreek Hill, but he can run some of the routes that Tyreek Hill runs and be very, very effective. I think he, he can play some outside receiver and he can play some slot for them. And he's a very effective deep, deep threat. Andy Reed is very capable of scheming up ways to get players who need a free release, a free release. And see that going very very well for sky Moore in kansas city as much as i hate to say it i do not want to see him there no but i think they could really benefit from having a good slot yeah. receiver which is what mm-hmm. i was projecting sky Moore as in the favorite players podcast you have uh kind of raw outside guys and marquez valdez scantling and mccall hardman the pure speed guys yeah. you have juju who's kind of like an intermediate threat but like kind of lost a step from when he was really good uh and i could i could see them having like these burners that take the top off the defense with the first two guys I mentioned, and then like letting Kelsey and more go to work underneath. Yeah. I like that. Is there anybody else with plus odds in the top 32 that you like? Tariq Woolen is plus 300 to go in the first round. And I, there's just still a part of me looking at all those measurables. That's like, ah, see someone sees this guy as a project and they're going to jump on him. But plus 300 is not strong enough for me to, jump on. I was hoping he was going to be like plus a thousand or something like that. Right. Uh, Trey McBride, the tight end out of Colorado state is plus 400 to go in the first round. If you think that he is going to go in the first round, instead of betting on that plus 400, I would go down to the, uh, over under 0.5 tight ends taken in the first round. The over is plus 475. So you get little better odds if you think Trey McBride's going to be a first-round pick. I'm staying away from that one. I don't think that he goes in the first, but I do think he's the first tight end off the board. The uh, There's no value. Yeah. <laughs> in betting, in his, betting on him as the first tight end off the board, he's like minus some insane number that's not even listed on DraftKings. I don't hate George Pickens at plus 150. Anytime you've got someone with that kind of size, that kind of speed, that kind of just ability to move and 
his hands, his ability to track the ball. Like I could easily see him sneaking into the back, you know, seven, eight picks. Tyler Gordon's plus 150 as well. Uh, reports are coming yeah. out that are saying a lot of teams have a first round grade on him. So I kind of like that one. Wade <laughs> like, Walker plus 200. I don't hate that. Your boy Jaquan Brisker is plus 250 right now, too, if you think he's yeah. going to be the second safety off the board. I mean, I could see him slipping out to being like, you know, somewhere going between like 33 and 35. Jalen Petre, or however you say his name, um, I've never actually heard it said by anyone that I trust to say it right. Oh. <laughs> but he is plus 300. It is Petrie, yeah. He So the thing that threw me off is that Petrie and Woolen are both plus 300. Yeah. And I was like, I like Petrie a lot more than Woolen, uh, although I know Woolen's ceiling is something ridiculous. Yeah. So that threw me off a little bit, but yeah, I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab Kyler Gordon at plus plus one fifty. I like that one. There's a lot of buzz. So, uh, we got a little bit left in the pot here to bet on. So let's go to the long shots. Who is your favorite? Absolute long shot bet. We talked about this before we went on the air. We have seen the saints move up in this draft already. It is actually vaguely similar to when the Rams made a move up before they moved up for Jared Goff. Who knows if that's actually what they're doing. Um, But it seems to me like they're moving up because they want to go get someone. Uh, The reality is I think they're probably moving up to replace Teron Armstead. However, they're trotting out Jameis Winston for another year as their starting quarterback. They may very well like him going forward as their future quarterback. Who knows? But the odds on them drafting Malik Willis is plus 1,000. The Saints have a lot of love for Taysom Hill. When they needed to play him as a starting quarterback, they have managed to find ways to run a functional offense with what he has. I would say that Malik Willis has some of the physical attributes that Taysom Hill has, but offers more as a quarterback, um, at least in the long run. I could absolutely see them moving up to go get him. Plus 1,000. I'll take that. Yeah, I like that for plus 1,000 as well. So I grabbed that. And then the last thing I'm grabbing, I have $1 left. (laughs) And I am grabbing Carson Strong as the first quarterback off the board at plus 10,000. My reason being that there's no buzz on him right now, or else it wouldn't be plus 10,000. But as we get closer to the draft the next couple of days, I could just see the buzz coming out that someone loves his arm talent. And at plus 10,000 with the arm talent he has, like I think he has the best arm talent in this class. Like some of the yeah. throws that he's making are insane. I could just see like a shocking pick of him being the first quarterback off the board. Like 
maybe the Vikings shock everybody and grab them or like the commanders or someone like that. And at plus 10,000, I'm betting $1 to win $101. Yeah. So there's shocking stuff every draft. If Carson Strong just ends up like popping and he's the first quarterback off the board, I'll, I'll take that as my extremely long shot bet with $1. Well, it's funny because like there's almost no buzz about the Lions taking Malik Willis. And right now that's because they apparently love Jared Goff, which, hey, if Jared Goff plays the way he plays those played those last five games last year, this year, then, yeah, we should love him. But I don't know that we're going to get that this year. <laughs> However, what if it's quiet because they love Carson Strong? I think all it takes, like we said, is just for one team to love somebody. Yeah. And he goes and like with some of the quarterback needy teams, like what if Carolina loves him and they're throwing out like Pickett yeah. and Willis as smoke screens and they're like, ah, we're going to take strong. We're just going to get our guy and we're going to be done with it. Right. So yeah. for plus 10,000, I don't hate having the quarterback with the most arm talent in the draft. Like, right. I don't hate it. So quick summary of what we have grabbed. Aiden Hutchinson over 1.5, Trevon Walker to be the number one pick, Hutchinson to be the number two pick, over 4.5 corners in the first round, over 15 and a half defensive players, Jamison Williams as the first wide receiver, Evan Neal as the first offensive lineman, Sky Moore to go in the first, Kyler Gordon to go in the first, the Saints to take Malik Willis, and Carson Strong to be the first quarterback off the board for one dollar. So, if you're going to take that bet, do you want to take Carson Strong plus 650 in the first round? No. (laughs) I'm not super confident it's going to happen. The only reason I want to take it is because I can cash $1 for $100. You know, it's a solid bet. I tried to make him spend more money. No, it's a solid bet. We, We spent all the money that was in our pot. I feel good about... Uh, a lot of these picks, we don't have to hit that many of them to at least break even and then go over. Uh, basically, if Trayvon Walker goes first and then Aiden Hutchinson goes second, we've already broken even and everything else is just gravy. Yeah. But I like over 4.5 corners. I like our over 15 and a half defensemen. I like Jamison Williams and Evan Neal. So, uh, and I also like Sky Moore to go in the end of the yeah. first. So. Um, that's salad. I think we'll at least make a little bit here and then we got some upside to make a bunch. So I like yeah. it. Somebody get out there and write me a story about Carson strong going first, <laughs> the first quarterback. All right. But that is all we got for today. As always, foul out can be found on Spotify, Apple podcast, pocket cast, overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at fouled out sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at matador underscore defense. And you can find our videos at on TikTok at Fouled Out Podcast. Uh, the draft is two weeks away. Matt and I are going to be back next week with four other podcasters to do the first ever Fouled Out Megamock. Megamock. Uh, six podcasters, three podcasts, going over the first round of picks. Uh, we will give you the pick and we will give you reasons why. So uh, looking forward to that. Yes. That one's going to be fun. We any will other? all be drunk with power and other things. Yeah. And I think Carson Strong's going to be the first quarterback off the board in the mock. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll just we'll just cash our bet done. So 
I hope everybody has a great Easter. The NBA playoffs start on Saturday. It starts tomorrow. So check that out. Enjoy that. My boy Luca is out for the first game of round yep. one, which is discouraging. But we have a couple play-in games today, too. So it's some fun basketball yeah. going on. All right, my friend. I will see you soon. Yep. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye Robin. Bye.